Hey guys, it's Jack here. Big massive shout out to our Patreons. So these guys are the guys who donate for the editing and they really do make a huge difference to keep the show alive. Uh, we've been sponsored by Art Faulkner, Ferdy Evers, Mikey Dredd and Underfluke. These guys are absolute legends. Thank you so much and see you next show. This is going to be a disclaimer heavy show. Curry Kitten. Even before the intro, legal notice any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of the host or any participant of the show. I'm going to give special mention here to Andy RC because he started he started this whole thing. He shouldn't be trusted, nor should Tony. You said nail bomb. You're the one that said. You're and anything said on this show is in jest and not meant to offend or harm anyone. Or educate. Or educate. We are all trained idiots, and Zoe FPV doesn't count because she's in America. And she's allowed to say and do whatever she Which wants. Makes me an idiot by, like. I was going to say, it makes me an idiot by inheritance, right? Thank you. The American. But you happy, do. <laughs> happy 4th of July. July. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Happy, it's the day we said, happy. sorry, Americans, no more. Uh, You're happy. on your own. Stop, stop paying us. No, don't <laughs> fault us and then want to pay the Queen. I think there's a disclaimer. I don't want to pay the Queen. Can I come to America? There's, there's but, a dis- but, 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 yeah, actually, probably. I don't know. Are you oppressed over there? Do you need to immigrate and, you know, become yes. a refugee? <laughs> severely. Well, yeah. Okay, so you're on a boat. I'm coming over there. Tony is depressed, not oppressed. I mean, I You're not wrong, Tony. Funny, yeah. You're not wrong. I'd like to point out that Andy RC has been my friend longer than Tony's. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, where's Tony's friend anniversary? I wonder. I didn't post didn't it. Didn't post it. Didn't need to. <laughs> didn't need to. Me and him talk daily. Tony, you better not. Tony's be been on my profile photo more than and more oh, than yeah. any any female i think and when i've been in relationships so is this supposed to be are you supposed to change your profile picture because i put one up like 10 years ago and it stayed like that ever since so this is a thing that we're supposed to change profile pictures i think it is the thing i'll change mine totally managed to convince Anyway, <laughs> we should start the show yeah. properly. Jack. Jack. Hello and welcome to another wonderful episode of Let's Te- Be Terrorists and Weaponize Everything. Tonight you are joined by <laughs> Andrew Slash Frank. Good evening. Our main instigator for disobedience, Andy RC. I was trying to think of a of a, a different language and to say 
hello, but no, never mind. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's only one language you can say hello in. And, uh, Our international arms smuggler, t- my little Tony. That was meant to be bonjour. Don't smuggle anyone's arms. That was even better because he was trying to say bonjour, but it just sounded like he said bomb. <laughs> and speaking of munitions nail expert curry kitten hello i have my registered weapon ready to take down things weaponized drone time yeah um and we have our uh overseas uh undercover cia cia operative zoe FPV. It's actually probably closer to the truth than you realize. <laughs> and head of this moronic <laughs> head of this moronic operation. If we mix these two chemicals, um, this episode is not going any further. I wonder why they're discontinuing hangouts. <laughs> so, to, to, give right everyone, right. to give everyone a bit of background on what we're going on about already, because, um, you know, there are some people who aren't in the UK or aren't on Facebook or, or don't who care. have managed to avoid this horror uh, of the latest BBC documentary on drones. Um Documentary is perhaps a strong word. Oh, they well, they said. Uh, did you see all the comments? <clears throat> they mm. said that it's not a documentary because a documentary contains facts <laughs> <laughs> and, and balance. Yeah, so that, that's is it was broadcast this week and has got everyone right angsty. It has. What was what was the so, title so of it? Just, to, just to see if it was like a see, see if Zoe thinks it's balanced from the title. What yeah, is yeah, it? like like. Yeah, what's the title and what was it about? Because, like, as a stupid American, I have literally no idea of what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's called Drones, the Next Air Disaster. Yeah, that is what, yeah, that's it. That, that's not sensationalist at all. And everyone in England saw it and believed it because everyone <laughs> who watches TV, TV believes the TV. <clears throat> it's called Tell Your Vision, so people believe that. It's also called television programming, programming and audience. Yes, yeah, so that's it. Zoe knows. So anyway, tonight it. we're going to show you how to weaponize your drone. All you'll need is a scalpel or a, a <laughs> oh knife. Oh my god, sort. he's got a knife out now. We some are... some sellotape. That's not a knife. And a drone. No, 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 no. So Actually, all you my, have. My new frame project. Has an actual like spike what? on it. I have actually oh, weaponized it's my got drone. Knives on it already. So wow. all you do is yeah. you take your knife <laughs> <laughs> and you, so you, get, you get a bit so of knife, then. and, and then you take you're... your modified Mavic with a boxy cam on the front. Oh, so done it already. <laughs> and then you take the knife and then you fly it into people. And stuff. No, not or anything. People. That wouldn't do it. That wouldn't do any harm. You've got to do way more than that. Yeah. You've got, you've always got the you right idea. More adventures than that. You'll fly to, into a plane. Just to add balance, what I've built is a oral hygiene drone, and this has got a toothbrush on the front, and you can just fly this towards right. somebody's face. I think these are going to be sold to dentists. And for maximum effect, all you do is you then. Tape some carbon fiber 
to your drone, uh, fill it full of foam, and then fire it out of a cannon. But don't forget the uh, the four massive steel rods that were in there. I think they were steel. They looked like steel. Yeah. They did look like they were part of a phantom, that's for sure. It was so, just, so basically, was it a documentary just like showcasing what drones could do in the future? Or was yes, it like showcasing it, what they have done? It was um, a documentary. The, the main presenter was an ex-Royal Marines um, risk sniper. analyst, I think was his title. So you've probably and, seen some And sniper. Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a sniper. But his now his day not, job is a risk analyst. He's not a very good sniper, from what I saw. Yeah, he can't hit a. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tony can't say it because he's not supposed to watch. You, the you can literally say you can't even hit a phantom at three hundred meters, and that's factual. Yeah. That is factual. <laughs> yeah. So just to just to set the scene, I think my mom hit a phantom at three hundred meters. To set the scene, they like, took really? a, they took a phantom four. And they flew it out to 300 meters, and then they got this marine guy who was the presenter. With, with he's like an ex-sniper guy, and um, at 300 meters, and this is a Phantom Four, so it's got the uh, the optical flow. It doesn't, it you know, it, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. It holds pretty three, well at 300 meters. I think was it 12 shots. And he, he didn't hit it at all. I think they had to bring it to, was it? <laughs> he was they, a sniper. They it to 200 metres. 200 metres, and it still took him a few goes, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I just, I just like to remind all of you I mean, that he, he, could, well. he, could, he could easily shoot one of us at 300 metres. <laughs> mm. Well, he could easily shoot you, Jack, probably... Yeah. Me. Just saying. <laughs> I, I think uh, <laughs> the I, problem we, we had with the main program there were so many elements of it which were horrendous and one one of the things they did they did they, they said this is a guy that deals with a, an expert at impact science and what they did they trotted out this old wing from some old plane i think part of a horizontal stabilizers and they said this is this is how we do a bird strike we use gelatine uh, and they put it in a big air cannon so it's kind of bullet shaped and they fired it at this wing and it made a hole, and it's like, oh, this this would be okay. It hasn't affected the surfaces; they could still land. And instead of firing a phantom at it because they didn't, they couldn't put it in the gun. What they did is smashed it up with a hammer, put it in this like some sort of epoxy. It was like epoxy. In it. So basically, they 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 ground it into a bullet essentially, and then fired out an air cannon at the same wing and added, that was, and already added. had a hole in it. And said, "Oh look!" And, added, and added, added weird things that we don't know what were in there. Yeah, some sort of steel. Yeah, rod they look like steel rods. Yeah. That, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't even care about that because I mean, the fact that you've shot it into the same wing as you shot the, no, the, the wing already has a hole in it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's already had its integrity broken. You fire something else at it, it may get worse. <laughs> but I thought the interesting thing about the program is. During the program, it was all "this is terrible, this is this is going to happen, this is the worst thing ever." Look, we've seen the proof here. But um, Frank links to an interview he was on via, and it, we saw the Twitter link, and he was discussing stuff there, and he sounded like a normal human being. He's like, "No, yeah, this is presented, by the way, not me." This, this wasn't really a, a scientific test. He was saying this is. He was even saying like Gatwick was like maybe there were drones, maybe there weren't. All these things were presented as Gatwick happened. Look, it can yeah. take a wing down. Everything's going to kill us. 
every drone is weaponized. They'll be out to get us. He sort of backtracked on pretty much the entire program. Yeah. Or, or either that or he said stuff that maybe was said in the program but was edited out. But what I don't understand is how uh, if it was if it was unbiased, then they would have mentioned the fact that Amazon is trying to uh, have an autonomous drone service. Instead, they just focused on all of the, you, you know, if it, it, was, it wasn't balanced at all. And then he went on that interview and he said, oh, um, you know, something that it wasn't said in the program that I just want to, and he sort of said, I want to just say that, you know, 99.999% of uh, people who fly drones do it recreationally. They're hobbyists. They're not a, a threat. And that's not who the program is about. And I'm like, that's who you were exactly saying the program was about, pretty much. You, it's- he also says, you know, the, that he's had loads of experience of drones over the past five, six years, and all of it has been positive through search and rescue or documentary or whatever else. Um, Which was never said in the program. Not a mm. single positive thing was ever said at all. You know, all they said, all they talked about was the uh, the number of people going into shops and buying drones, and it was like in the millions. And it was and very it was, much. Just think about what you could do with this. What could happen with this? All the way along, it's like, well, that doesn't mean it's happening as per normal, but it's yeah, it's just sensationalism. So, so this is, this is the thing, though, is that I mean, there is a lot of sensationalism, sensationalism that's happening now, and I think most of the larger drone stories, like Gatwick, for instance, have been kind of blown out of the water by the media, um, to the point of where I personally do not believe there's any evidence that there was an actual drone at Gatwick. That that was kind of people losing their mind, one person reporting there's a drone, the cops then potentially putting their own drone up in the air, and then the reports circulating even further from that. Um, it's, and- even, it's even worse than that. There were, there, there were 115 uh, drone sightings at the, of the Gatwick incident, all by Gatwick members of staff, not a single member of the public. Also, two days later, it changed hands. Right. It changed ownership. So there's a lot of thing, you know, and so that's what was- I'm saying. It's like if, if, if you have, and this is what I think is happening or happened potentially is that one employee or two employees may have been like, is that a drone over there? That looks like a drone. And they call it on the radio tower. We look like we've got a drone that looks like some Northeast. Uh, can you confirm? And then tower in the tower, they're looking for something, right? And they see something that could be a light off of the crane or whatever, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're asking for confirmed reports. And then people are, you know, saying, oh, I guess that could be a drone because they're already primed to look for a drone. Yeah. They see a light in the sky, so it's going to be a drone. They think drone, so obviously they're going to give that report back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really easy for that kind of stuff to happen. I mean, just think about all of the UFO reports that happened, you know, years ago. If you look at the FAA's reporting of UFOs, it dropped off as almost as quickly as the drone reports got rose. Yeah. So it's kind of like the modern day UFO. I mean, it is a lot. It's an unidentified flying object or unidentified aerial phenomenon, whatever the freaking phrase you want to use. <laughs> it is, it's still a thing and people still freak out over it because humans are humans. And if we can't identify something, I think it's within our pack nature 
to tell someone else that we don't know what that is for them then to think about what the hell it is. And it kind of creates this almost hysteria. Um, and yeah, like almost, so Gatwick was a really interesting case. But um, there was something, then for instance, you have, I was just going to say, ahead. there was something else interesting about the, the program. They were, they were talking about the, the anti-drone measures and talking about something mm-hmm. that came into Gatwick and they showed like a couple and literally it's like, this is a jammer. We're not allowed to fire it. This is a laser. We're not allowed to fire it. But they kept saying that we can't expect uh, airports to spend millions on anti-drone technology. It's like, well, if you think about how much Gatwick cost in terms of being shut down over nothing, then it's probably worth spending millions just to get something that can identify what this flying thing is. If, if, if the text to be believed and they've got these amazing thermal cameras that can pick things out for miles, then you can at least say, yeah, that is a drone or, oh, it's just a plastic bag or it's a, a balloon from a kid's party or whatever. Bigger thing is that so within the US, we have what's currently known as the FAA Remodernization Act. And the uh, FAA has been pushing for over the last 10 years now this concept of the next gen system, which is trying to create a new set of rules, regulations, and technologies that will enable a whole new airspace system to take flight in the future. Basically flying cars, drones taking flight for deliveries, long distances, and all of that being integrated to the uh, national airspace system that's already existing without having it overlap or interfere with current operations and being able to scale that to hundreds of thousands of operators in the air. The thing is, is that with that, and this is, I think, kind of the big thing is you're including a lot more people into the airspace system. And naturally, you're going to have to figure out a way to identify them. And this is where the debate goes like, OK, we have to require remote ID. Well, remote ID is not going to work for the bad actors. Remote ID isn't going to keep someone else from taking someone else's remote identification tag, potentially, and using it and spoofing stuff like that and creating falsehoods. What you realistically need is a system that can detect the drones themselves without having to rely on remote identification and have that in place almost nationwide as far as airports go and sensitive locations go. Because going forward, in order for a system where you have hundreds of thousands of more operators flying around your airspace, you're going to have to have that security on some level. It's just a matter of figuring out what the hell that is, what makes sense, and then, you know, making sure people understand why it's important. Um, and it's a really hard argument to figure out. It's really hard to kind of convey to people. It just seems insane, like, I, I, that it's the new technology and everyone's like, kill it with fire. Do you know what not, I mean? Not I mean, only that as well, I think, a, a problem. The, the BBC, we pay out, like, a license. It, 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 it's different. In, in America, we pay a license just so that we can watch the BBC, uh, and it's it's supposed to be impartial. So, like America is kind of strange when it comes to its um, what programs are shown because it's based on views, isn't it? Like a show will get cancelled if it doesn't have enough views, whereas the BBC over here, they that the the whole idea was that it it can show anything and it's to be unbiased. And um, it, educate, it, inform, entertain. Yeah, and, statement. and that, yeah, and it completely wasn't that, was it? It was 
totally one-sided and it make and then it's like uh, i'm hearing cases that the news like when it comes to all of the politics it's is becoming one-sided and stuff and it's like no you can't that's that's not what you're paying for so i understand tony you know you know not uh, wanting to pay his license fee because it's we're not getting what you what you're paying for really as Tony comes back there. Presumably, yeah. Tony didn't watch it then if he doesn't have a TV license. Uh, well, I haven't watched. Well, if he, went it, to, um, if he went to somebody's house who did have a TV license, that would be fine. So I imagine he would have done that. Or, or someone pop round who did have a TV license and watched it on the internet <laughs> wirelessly <laughs> with their, their own. Device. 4G network <laughs> and didn't use a power plug to from his house to supply power in order to watch it. So as long as it was battery, uh, 4G. What, what, do you make the, about, um, what, what do you make about the backtracking though? Do you think? Yeah, it, I've seen the backtracking video. Do, do you think it's? Yeah. Do you think it's him reacting to a lot of hate because he's, he's obviously quite active on Twitter? Or do you think that the pro it, the program was edited in a way that he didn't think? Because I I know there was that they always do this thing um, where where like they're talking about drones and it's all DJI this DJI that and then there'll be like. A, a four-minute segment of FPV freestyle pilots, and that is exactly what happened. And I just wonder: uh, d does anybody know those guys? First of all, and I, I, I would put money on that they did not know that it was going to be an anti-drone program, uh, because you know. Yeah, what, what yeah do you think I'm going about under that? a working title, and they've. They'll have done a load of filming and they'll have edited it down to a, a tiny piece of it. And, and so that's, not that's my most biggest question. Like, having been part of news pieces before, of like having news crews come out and film things, like Vice, for instance, they did a whole thing on me and they made me sound like a sexist asshole. But it was basically essentially from the questions they're asking. So they'd ask you, like, how does it feel to be a woman in the drone industry? How does it feel to have, you know, be competing against all these male competitors? And then they ask you like 40 other questions that they won't use for the interview. And then they'll frame it the way they want to frame it in editing. And editing has so much more to do with it. Even the host, like, like you said, he was saying very impartial things. Like, you know, this drone's been used for a lot of good things. Um, and you kind of backtracked a lot at the end. Well, that, that's really down to the editing and how the editor could have gone to portray everything. It's an interesting question because it's a case of like, did the director set out to do it as like a, a particular sort of hate piece, if you like? And then even if the guy was being like quite sort of measured about it, say, oh, can we do one more where like act more scared? So it's like really shocking and he does a couple of takes on that. And, and they then, just use all of that. And they just use all those. And he's coming out on a TV, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to say no. They took it all out of uh, context because I want to do more working documentaries. He's just like, yeah, here's my here's my personal opinion. Yeah, I can't never, quite figure out where it was coming from. Whether it was him, or the director, or the general direction of what they wanted to do. He never dismissed the documentary in the sort of the the sort of backtrack did he? he? It was it was to promote the documentary, and then I think he wanted to. He was either 
saying stuff that he wanted to say or that he felt like he had to say because he was getting all this hate and hmm. I guess we'll never know the answer to that. I mean, you can't go out there and say, you know, they really made a hit piece out of me. I never want to work with these people again. Screw the industry. Like, you know, there's like, it's really hard to be a working professional, I would expect, in that industry and be able to maintain like your own views be able to speak your mind, but not cross that line. The thing is, there, of, were, there were things that he said that you could not edit. He said he said things like, I, lit I literally wouldn't get on a plane with this information that I've got. And it, <laughs> that he, That's pretty you know, you can't You can't say that. Uh, you know, you can't, someone can't tell you to, I, I refuse to say something. If somebody told me, right, now you've got it. He was sat on a plane. Well, we've got a recording of you saying that now. And we all know Tony's very gay because he said yeah. that and that's that's been edited into a song now. The only problem is, Jack, in order for you, in order for you to make use of that, I'd have to edit it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so, right, we've got an editing. So I am happy. Okay, go for it. Sorry. No, it's all right. Oh, but, I was just saying I'm happy. He said things that I don't think uh, that I, he said things that I would refuse to say. Like if somebody said to me, "Say this." I, I know that I was being led on to... Well, it, like, it depends. It's like, are you acting as a documentary maker or are you just the mouthpiece for this? In which case, here are the words, say them, and then we'll do our magic. And by the way, if you want to keep making your little adventure series, is get on and say the words for us because this is the BBC we're it can doing. Be it. More in, it can be more insidious than that because it could have been them making a documentary about the potential dangers of drones in the airspace system. Just by having that whole concept of them looking into the potential dangers, it frames what they're doing from the get-go versus them looking at drones from a different point of view. So I guess it really begs the question, what was that initial you know, concept. What was it that they were trying to document? Very, I would out? be very interested to know what the working title was that they got everyone involved under, um, both the people at Cranfield, I think it was, and the... Uh, <laughs> and did, and, and did the, like, been secret investigating everything. Frank's been, like, involved. profiling all the production team. He's been getting names. <laughs> he's so making little files. already, like, the police are itching to kick in the door. All they want to do now is go to Frank's thing and he's got pictures of them with bits of string. Just bits of string with a little thing all leading to yeah, the... You should the see that side mark. of the camera. There's just string <laughs> everywhere. Tony, are you still are you still there? Because I've got... Oh, he's disappeared. There's a bottom joke in that. Um, um, Zoe might not understand. There's a, there's a TV show over here called Bottom and uh, there's, a, there's a bit in there in uh, one of the episodes where he said... He reads, uh, uh, he's, he's on the phone, and it just says, I don't know. He just said, go A-Squad, and then all these people, like all these uh, <laughs> like military people smash through the windows and like kill them and stuff. And uh, yeah, I just had the thought of that happening like instantaneously. All of us on Hangout, it's just <laughs> people smashing through our windows, agents. Go I, if any If any officers are watching, this is just isopropanol. That was it. Tony, I did Which the bomb He's using as, uh, some sort of bomb. Would I you said, like some consumer information? 
Oh, look, uh, the I'll regulations break. in the UK. I'll yeah, tell us, tell, go on, tell us about that. Andy. Yes, is this is this to do with your talk with the BFMA and how you understand what's coming in? No, the BMA. No. You no. Made, what did I say? You said the BFMA. Close <laughs> enough. British Flying Model Suit. That works still. Yeah, yeah. they're it's flying still- models. Yeah. As right. long as the first letter and the last letter is correct, the stuff in the middle is is it, can be anything. Your brain will just fill it in. It just yeah. fills it in. At yeah. least yeah. you didn't Fine. say six seconds instead of six milliseconds. That's another in joke. No, I I did suggest that the other week. Is that how a, long you can last? A uh, a, a little what's it called a, a toothpick had sixty five inch props instead of sixty five mil. Which would be quite big, wouldn't it? And you you left it in a video, or did I you left it in. It? I. I, I couldn't be bothered to record it because it was me talking, and I just put a little, little title up there saying "65 mil." Little asterisk just pops up for a second, and it's just like, "Yeah, I'm an idiot." You can't, you can't do that once it's uploaded, man. Yeah. No, it wasn't uploaded. <laughs> I did that, but I couldn't be bothered to go back and re-record it. I, I'll, I'll just put a title up. If My, I, if I had to re-record everything I got wrong, I'd just be re-recording stuff all day. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I do. That's that's why. I, it takes me four days to do a make a video because I just yeah just scrutinize it but somehow I missed I said I said this this FPV camera's got a latency of six seconds instead of six milliseconds I've got that's probably the camera Tony's using I think all right go on Frank tell us more a few days ago at the beginning of July in the UK some new laws came into being uh, that means that uh, things are going to change again come July 2020. So uh, I have actually made a video with Painless outlining all of these, but as a quick update for everyone, if you've made peace with the registration coming in November, wait till what's happening July 2020 because there's even more stuff to deal with, including a test at a test centre. I thought they were joking about that. How are they going to? How are they going to fund all that? And where are the test centres going to be? Well, oh man, sixteen pound fifty. I'm getting a stress headache now. Oh. Well, the good news is they're not planning to do that themselves. They're going to leave that up to other people. Um, so they can be charged higher consultancy fees. So some of these people may be the um, NQEs. Uh, the the so the people who currently do the tests and the operations manuals and things for the permission for commercial operations currently, uh, but there may well be a more palatable solution in the works that some people I may have been on the phone to earlier may have been working on. Uh, Can you so. tell us more information than maybe this, maybe that? Just just say the bit if you're if you. Just the BMFA are trying to set things up. That's all I need to know. Way, way easier. The, um, the BMFA do not get enough credit. They're, they're doing a lot of work. If you look on their website, they've addressed this, even this program that yeah. was on. So thumbs up to you guys. Keep keep working for us. Yeah. They were, uh, Andy at the BMFA was generally very helpful and was on the phone to me about an hour ago telling me, all of this information and clarifying everything. Well, um, what is the information? In confidence. That, <laughs> that, that the BMFA are trying to, uh, yeah, uh, it's looking positive, but nothing is confirmed that they may be able to help out with this certificate of competency that's coming in July 2020. All right. Well, just to so play devil's advocate, that they, they did think they'd be able to get 
their memberships excluded or their members excluded from the whole registration things, which they kind well, of failed at. They're still convinced that we're not going to be paying, or members of the BMFA and the other flying associations aren't going to be paying £16.50. But again, this is all stuff that is being discussed. This is what they're literally doing daily is going into these meetings and discussing all this stuff and trying to get an actual answer and, and a compromise on this sort of thing. Um, Question, if you own a drone and just have it at your prison, house... Straight to prison. Straight don't, to prison, Jack. Really? No, don't pass go. Don't collect £200. I think, to be, fair, to be fair to Jack, he's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Don't worry saying. about the drones, Jack. You go to jail for a lot. Don't worry about secret draw. Yeah, secret draw. There's nothing wrong. With... I worry about the parts in, in, in Jack's toolbox, but I'll leave that to him. Um, Is that a euphemism? Because <laughs> <laughs> Jack's toolbox, are, are, it's a mental toolbox. It's not a physical one. <laughs> <laughs> From what, what I've learned. I've got a pleasure room. <laughs> he's got a pleasure room oh yeah jack jack is the he's, he is the pleasure room <laughs> <laughs> and i'll never forget the first time i flew with jack and i told everybody in my local club this this weekend uh i put my fpv i put my fpv goggles on and I got a fit, one finger in my ear and one up my bum. <laughs> <laughs> and I was holding a transmitter at the time. Are you guys aren't a couple? Like, I mean, the, the, the latent homosexuality between y'all is like so strong. Well, I know, it's great, isn't so it, really? We're, so, we're very inclusive here. <laughs> Rich yeah. work in the chat. <laughs> Uh, Richard Warwick in the chat asks, Zoe FPV, how are the unicorn sales going? Oh, uh, good. I just uh, put in an order for 40 frames. So um, and most of them are already like uh, taken. So I'm like, mm. really stoked. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. It's taken me like a year to design, source, manufacture, and like do everything with the frame. Um, like a lot of people tend to work with another manufacturer to design their frame. I didn't go that route with it. So Good. that's great. Um, yeah. It's taken me a lot of time. It's just, it's been exhausting. Um, and then like the freaking hugest issue is that the way the arms integrate with the um, rail system, there's all this slop that was in it. And so getting rid of the slop and the issues that was coming with the unique design just took forever. Um, so it's finally at a spot that I'm happy with. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm already working on my new uh, next design. So I'm, yeah, pretty, pretty jazzed. Is it, uh, is it, is it a rate? It kind of looks like, is it? like a freestyle frame from here. I'd not heard much about it myself. Um, so it weighs about a hundred grams, uh, about 105 with all the hardware. Um, Look at you using it's metric. mostly set up for 3D. 3D props yeah, on so, that? Are those the, uh, the Racecraft yeah, ones? Yeah, so these are actually the GemFan 3D Master Props. Oh yeah, I got um, some of them. <laughs> they've been around for a while. Um, so yeah, this is mostly my 3D setup. I actually designed it for the IQ motion control motors, but I don't have that on this bird. Um, 
with these motors and the props, it gets the center of gravity to a much better angle and kind of gets it like almost perfected. So with the GoPro and the battery in line, when you're doing your transitions and flying, you don't have a lot of inertia fucking up your momentum. Because if you have like a really heavy top mounted quad with a lot of extra weight up here kind of uh, hanging around, wherever your weight is, the machine tends to kind of tumble in that direction. So by minimizing the inertial um, weight and kind of getting it kind of centralized, it really allows the machine to not like tumble in the wrong direction when you're at very low throttle with 3D. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, six millimeter arms. It's actually six by six millimeter at its thinnest point. Um, I've yet to break one, which is kind of cool. Uh, the frame itself has been in development for a while. I've done a lot of crash testing, a lot of revisions, and really, I want my first frame release to not suck. <laughs> Where are you going to be able to get them to? Um, so right now, I have it available for $25 from patreon.com slash ZoeFPV. Wow, uh, it's going to be its own support tier. Oh, so I, I want to ask Zoe... Um, I watched one of your vids a long time ago, and I'm ashamed to say I've still not tried. Well, I, I've I've um, I've done line of sight 3D uh, flying, but still not FPV. I want to know a bit more about. I watched a video that you did once, and you talked about motors that, um, like special motors that you were working on, and. Um, you must, uh, I, I must apologize for like my lack of knowledge, but you met, I think you mentioned the letter I and, and is it, it's something to do with the seamless transition of them reversing. Is that correct? Is that what those motors are? What you've got there? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the IQ motion control motors. Um, they're what, what, pretty what, amazing. Is that like, there's like, I can see some heat shrink and something uh, like, what's that in the heat shrink? Is there a sensor or something that makes them more so, smooth? Okay. How um, does it work? Yeah, so the um, they look pretty unassuming. Like, most people would probably see this and just think, oh, it's just another motor. Yeah. Um, but they actually have a really advanced design that most probably can't even get close to. Um, so the thing that's out here on the uh, heat shrink, that's actually a capacitor. I was so going to say, it looked like a that's capacitor. That's just essentially smoothing the power. Okay. Um, and each each arm has a capacitor. That's just for smoothing. Um, it makes things nicer. It allows it to go to six cell. Um, and so your ESC and motor are actually in the same module. Like everything is right here. Um, the oh, ESC they're, they're like, is. Uh, DJI do that, don't they? With they have that ESC put underneath the motor. Is that so? That's the same then with that one. There's an ESC under there. Very close, yeah, very, very much so. Um, except there's a huge difference with the ESC itself, it's actually a censored module, so they have um, a really high end um, variation of a Hall effect sensor. With uh, it's very sensitive and it allows the motor to actually sense exactly the position of the bell housing, and by being able to do that and actually sense the magnetic field of the motor itself it can actually manipulate the field of the motor very precisely and it gains efficiency and power because of that. And it allows the motor to stop and start spinning a lot faster 
and uh, seamlessly without any kind of judder or transition, like start and stop. Yeah, because that, um, that's which, the issue, I guess, with 3D is that there's that there's the transition when they switch direction. It, it so so it's to combat that basically. It's sensing exactly. Wouldn't wouldn't this new? I, I mean, I, like, I'm 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 quite naive naive here, but would the, is it thanks, doing buddy? Is it doing something similar to the Betafly RPM filters that are being sort of? Or, are you are you aware of this with Betafly and they, so they're using the um, telemetry of the RPM to uh, like it's it's kind of like just more feedback from the motors to make a smoother flight. Is it and is it so that kind that, of thing? So that there's there's that aspect to it. So uh, the motors allow a completely closed loop system and allows the feedback from the motor to be extremely accurate, more so than what's currently being offered with uh, existing <laughs> motor technology. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zoe, we have to interrupt. We've got. We've also, got... I just realized I, I am asked. It's it's picture and picture and picture and picture and picture. I have to say, Wait, I, I, I tried three D uh, FPV one time. I'll have to try it again because it was ages ago and it was on a really wobbly cord. But the funniest thing I had with it is when I crashed, my my automatic response is to put the throttle straight down, and of course it then flies upside down <laughs> into the air at full throttle, and it's like oh well, I forgot I have to disarm or get the throttle to the middle to position. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to get another quad if I got time, just because it must have. Got a lot better since since I did it. It's a good few years ago now. I I can do it in liftoff. I've just never tried it. I can even inverted go through gates. Um, once you realise that it's the 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 roll stays the same, then I think it, the roll stays the same and everything else is backwards. Then you can you can convert. Uh, so. In liftoff, I can do it, but uh, probably quite different in real life, I would imagine. But um, when you're inverted, the one thing that stays the same is the roll. So all you have to do is when you're flying normally is, well, pitching backwards is forwards, uh, but your roll's the same. So when you do a turn upside down, whatever your you, maneuver you will put in, you put in the opposite. So you're actually sticks both in and sticks both out well for me because i'm mode one um but uh, pro uh so yeah that's uh no you didn't get kicked you didn't get kicked jack i don't know what happened you just disappeared dude you said the call was ended i thought, uh, I think... thought i'd triggered our overlord <laughs> you may have done you might have done <laughs> too much fire. What did that guy say? Drone users are clueless. You had a t-shirt made especially oh, for clueless. It. Careless criminal. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing we had, Zoe. What? Go on, Andy. Just briefly give a summary of that to Zoe. Uh, it's a, a government parliamentary group. So basically, a kind of representatives of the public telling the uh, MPs, our, our politicians, what's going on in the world of drones. And the guy who's in charge of uh, the well, the integration of unmanned aerial vehicles into the national air traffic control um, says that there's three types of drone users, careless, clueless, and criminal. Yeah, and Jack... Uh, that's actually a phrase that's been repeated by the FAA and several higher-ups within the FAA. 
it's a shame that Tony's not in the um, in 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 the stream because uh, yeah, I believe uh, Kelsey got to have a go of X class. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to know. Uh, pardon? I was super. I, I saw that on Instagram. I was super stoked to see that. I want to see the flight. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to let any of us fly it, but look, yeah, Kelsey, one, yeah, special treatment. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was a bit weird how he got her to sit on his lap whilst doing it. <laughs> just, just putting it out there. No, that well, did not happen. I'm sorry, Tony. Kelsey's an exceptional flyer, and I, you know, so I understand why. Uh, she, Sorry, got to, she got to get a go, and I and I didn't. <laughs> Although Tony, I've <laughs> I, I've figured out how to do buddy box systems, so you know. Yeah, uh, that's the point. Exciting news! Old mode one can have a go now. Yeah, I figured out. Uh, well, well, <laughs> I know Wayne did this a while ago, but um, I I I done it for my friend, and uh, we're we're doing buddy box flying. So there's no excuse now, Tony. Even though you're not here, probably in the chat, I want to go to your X class, <laughs> and I can do it. I just need your transmitter for. Jack to... wants me to buddy box in fixed wing for some reason. Really? Well, I'm awful at it. No, you're not. I've seen you. I've seen you do it. Well, fine. Mm. The hard mm. part for fixed wing for me is just taking off and landing. Like once it's up in the air, I can like three D a plane no problem. It's just getting it up in the air to begin with. <laughs> well, that's, that's the fun thing about planes, is that well, you can prop hang. So, no, I think when she says three D, I think she mean I think she means fly upside down because planes. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean like popping and like oh, cool. actually hovering. Yeah. Yeah, the, like, the, I, I found out it wasn't too bad at it actually. Takeoff and landing is is the most difficult part because of the the torque from the motor. So you're always, especially if you're taking off. I mean, uh, the the hand launch is 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 really difficult because you're you're essentially you know just chucking something that isn't flying for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's got enough airspeed to fly. So that's really, you, you know, you'll definitely dip a wing. Uh, on most throws and then it, taking off from the ground's difficult because you've got the torque of the motor so you have to combat from that and then if it's a tail dragger you've got to make sure that it's not going to tip over if you've got a front nose wheel then you know you've got to make sure that it that's not going to you know uh steer like erratically and stuff so yeah and that's why off. i like quads <laughs> well well f the fun thing about quads is that the takeoff and landing is like a crash essentially isn't it like the takeoff is just uh you know just get yourself off the ground as quick as possible and then most landings end up with the quad upside down well certainly in my case and, <laughs> and that's acceptable but with a plane of course you do quite a bit of repair when you land like that so yeah well, i enjoy the risk factor of uh, throwing a wing up with the fpv goggles on because you throw it and then all you can see is sky and you're like <laughs> where am i right now and like oh horizon or sometimes just ground and grass comes up but if you can get the horizon, you're like, oh, I'm back in, and then you're good. Wayne, all you're doing there is just, you know, you're fulfilling the clueless, the the careless, careless, criminal, 
throwing a wing with FPV goggles on. What? You're just looking at nothing. It could be flying into a, a, a small puppy or something. What are you doing? It's, it's fine. I've it's barely so killed nimble. any children. I mean, just it, a couple. This could be <laughs> weaponized instantly. I mean, you know. Oh, but here's the thing. If, I, if I launched a flight, I'd be like, that's flying okay. Then I'd be like, I'll just take my glasses off. Now, where'd I put my goggles? There they are. And by that time, it's crashed anyway. So I just have to go the whole hog and just launch and land an FPV. <laughs> Can we talk about the whole weaponizing drones thing for a second again? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's tone it down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, I Jack, I just got a message. Sorry, just before we start, I got a message off Phil. He said... Yeah. He's, it just says, this is what you've done to my friend, Phil. I got I, I got a message and he just said, suck it, Jack. <laughs> I told you, you've broken my friend, Phil. What have you done? Sorry. I like it. Look, he was, I told you, he was naturally this way. I've just made him find himself. Phil, so I got a, I got, I got a friend named Phil. He, he taught me how to fly. Like when I was like, you know, 12, 13 and stuff. And I introduced him to Jack and he's slowly, I, I, <laughs> I have to be careful what I say. I, coming over to the dark side is perhaps the way of phrasing it. He's, uh, Jack's done something to him that's just made him say things I've not heard him say before. That's <laughs> all I'll say. And I'm like, you've been watching too many Let's Drone Out episodes. Anyway, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Weaponizing. Any tips yeah. and tricks? I was say, <laughs> so, so like almost, I would say everything on Earth can be weaponized. It's just a matter of people using that as a reason to, you know, not do something and or to combat something. Because like inherently, drones are really powerful platforms. I mean, it's essentially like the new age of transportation it allows us to do things that we haven't been able to do as a society because it, ha it opens up new realms of possibilities and with those new possibilities i mean people are obviously going to think about how to weaponize it i mean that's just a fact of nature people have been weaponizing things since the stone age we took a rock we sharpened a rock and we started killing things with a rock hey hey, hey, hey look tony's only just worked that out calm down <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess it's like the whole like you, we, drones are bad because they can be weaponized well anything can be weaponized and using that argument is just silly and does not really give credence to all the amazing and wonderful things that drones can do and that we should be focusing our time on trying to make them do and I think that's what, you know, that they should, the BBC should totally release another documentary that counters that, that shows the real possibilities of how drones are saving lives, changing the world, and making things a better place. Because oh, they, they did about four, four seconds I mean, what, on that. What, what I love is Mr. Marine, right, he's bound to have lost buddies during warfare. And it's like, dude, how, if you had the drone tech back then, or you had drones that could do fighting for you and save your friends' lives. I bet you'd be really down with that. It it does say in the interview that yeah, you know, he he's, he's seen them used for for good. Um, but firefighting. There is also the other other thing that we we know from the people that we've spoken to in the armed forces that you know if out 
in on the battlefield, if you see a, a drone, that's not a good thing. You want to be far away from that because it's probably someone has weaponized it. Well, I, I do tend to think that that's where the word drone came from, was the military tech, the Raptor and the, the whatever, yeah. basically yeah. blowing up uh, people in uh, Arabic countries for, for years and years. And that they've just, the words come over to us and they're like, well, it must be a weapon then. Well, it's a, it's a type of bee, I believe, and it, it, extend, it stemmed from that, didn't it, where they were, were sending autonomous bombs in World War II. That's where drone came from, I yeah. believe. Or the, uh, the uh, target practice, uh, Tiger Moth with the radio control on it, the Queen Bee, was the drone. Well, they yeah. actually showed a bit of that, didn't they? No, yeah. that was on um, Adam Savage's... Uh, what, what, what was it called again? What, Savage Builds? Yeah, Savage Builds that me and Frank legally watched. I haven't watched it. Tone, are you with us? Kind of. How, how did Kelsey get on with the X-Class? Why why did she get a go and not me? Yeah. You're all idiots and she can fly great. Good answer. Okay, yeah. carry on. It's a truthful answer. Yeah. Carry on. This As you true. were. As you were, that's all. That was the answer correct. He just didn't want to risk putting his radio in your hands again. What would happen this time? It's the question. It's a correct answer, and it's true. Well, you I've seen you all fly, and you're all pants compared to her. She, she, she is. She's in it. She, she can, she can freestyle. She can race. Um, I just trusted her more than any of you lot. When I when I spoke to her on the uh, Saturday, I said, "How's the racing going?" And she said, uh, "I think I'm currently 29th." And I thought, oh, "That that that sounds like quite high." But then you realise there were 72 people that were t- turned up, and I'm like, "29th." I would not. Ma- I I'd be 72nd. I was so like, "That's amazing." She's an amazing pilot. Yeah. Jeez. Speaking of, my, of Kelsey, really one of my favourites. Speaking of Kelsey, as we wrap up, Jack, uh, do you want to go over and remind everyone about the competition that we're running for our fourth year uh, sort of anniversary? So starting from can, episode can, can 200 up to episode 208. Drone can you just life talk? Has, you you has, tell them. Drone is Life have sponsored us uh, for this competition by giving us a ton of goodies, which Jack is... Uh, displaying on the screen when he's I actually click present. He's trying um, to display. <laughs> there we go. Lots of goodies hanging around out there. And all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning these goodies is to find your best parts of LDO, uh, either snippets of audio or video or timestamps or whatever else, your favorite moments from LDO over the past four years, and send them to us either through uh, facebook.com forward slash let's drone out or at email. So let's drone out at gmail.com. And we will be picking them on the. Uh, oh, hold on. I haven't thought this far ahead yet. Uh, it was the the week before then, which is the 15th of August. We will be picking our favourite suggestions that you send in. And then on the 22nd, that is our 208th episode, our four-year special. That is when we will be announcing it. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out, where we do not support your views on terror, (laughs) even though apparently we are terrorists. Just ask the BBC. You have been joined by Andrew slash Frank. Bye.
Uh, everyone's <laughs> favourite reviewer, who's not Albert Kim, Andy RC. Inside joke. Who actually puts in some effort into reviewing things and gives us really accurate information, like six seconds of delay. <laughs> Andy RC. Thanks, thanks everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm speechless, but for the first time, bye. If you're a really good flyer and you're a girl, Tony will let you have a go. Excel. My little Tony. And that's not, that's not just limited to X class, by the way. Don't take that clip out of context, <laughs> by the way. Uh, everyone's favorite dad reviewer. Is that a reviewer of dads? <laughs> yeah. Ratemydad.com. And will one day solve the mystery of the missing pen, Curry Kitten. Bye-bye. You're flying your unicorn upside down, Zoe FPV. Hello. <laughs> you're saying Thank goodbye. Bye. 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 And I've been uh, Bright to Life Light. Thank you very much. Thank our Patreons. Thank everyone who donated because that stops Frank from killing me and stressing out and it keeps the show going because it's not been too good lately. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good night. Telemetry lost. There's three types of drone users, careless, clueless and criminal. Is that true? I literally, I literally wouldn't get on a plane with this information that I've got.